previously on You All Everybody. Woody had a whole room for Snake in his boot. I just pee like an old lady. Yes. But she doesn't have to worry about, like, shooting her dick off or anything. Apparently Kate is a Gemini, which might kind of explain why she sucks so much, you know? You didn't tell everybody who you- what you are. Gemini. Well, the guy is trying to put the moves on his kid, so I might be an asshole too. I love koalas. What? I don't want to sound stupid even though I just sound stupid. Although I think you have to put out the sugar daddies. I'm pretty sure you do have to put out. Not all of them. Don't tell me what I can't do. She looks like somebody threw her puppy in a wood chipper. Yo, girl, the only thing I want to hunt in Australia more than that boar is that booty. Thank you for listening, but, you know, that this is this Thank is you our- for listening. Your opinion doesn't matter. Hi, guys. Welcome to You All, Everybody. We're on episode... We're on still in season one, episode huh. six. This one is called House of the Rising Sun. Um, it is about sun and gin, yeah. obviously. So you guys are drinking... Like, theme-wise, you guys are drinking... What is it called? Korean wine. We got uh, black name, raspberry. Uh, that's all you. I don't know. Bokbun Jaju? I have no idea how to say it. But I also have some... Okay. Bokbun Jaju? Makgoli, which is Korean rice wine. That you're going to drink. Take a shot right now. <laughs> From your expired wine. I'm just, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You don't have to. Just trying to make you. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try it. Make you drink expired wine. I'll t- I'll try it. It's like a week, right? Yeah. Is it even a week? Two. That just means it's stronger now, right? That's like yeah. two weeks. It's fine. It says I. I was just looking it up. It says it gets like a. Vin- I don't know what it's supposed to fix. Oh well, that's that's if it's if you open it, it starts getting a vinegary smell. Oh, if you open it. I don't know if it does that when it's not open, though. I kind of... Yeah, if you open it and you let it, like, sit too long, it starts getting a... You can tell it's not good anymore because it starts getting a vinegary smell. It smells kind of rancid, but I don't know what it's supposed to smell like. (laughs) So... (laughs) I haven't had that in a long time. But do you have the other... I put another one in there. Did you guys drink it already? No, not yet. Um, okay. What one is that one? That's the soju. That's like their... Soju. Everybody has it. It's like $3, $2 a bottle. Okay. Okay. It's everywhere. Do you yeah. mix it with anything or you just drink it straight or... Drink it straight, but people do like the soju bombs where you do like a shot inside of beer. Yeah. Oh, okay. You can't do those. Is that... She has a hard time with the bombs. I, yeah... <laughs> The last time I had a ca- Irish car bomb, uh, it curdled before I finished it. What? Does it? <laughs> it just like, yeah. It does if you don't drink it within like five minutes. Huh. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't down stuff. Like, I just can't chug. I can't. My gag reflex sets in and I'm just like, Hoo! like every time I'm trying to chug it, I, d- I can't. <laughs> and apparently it doesn't matter how drunk I'm. I, or it doesn't matter. I can't. No chugging. Huh. No. Uh, drinking that to go with the episode or whatever. But um, so a little bit about the episode before we start. This episode first aired on October 27, 2004 with 16.83 million viewers. It was written by Javier Grillo Maroc. Maroc? <laughs> sure. That sounds Maroc. And directed by Michael Zinberg. This episode covers day seven on the island. Dang, it's only been a week? Yeah, it's only been a week. I feel like we've been there like two months already. Yeah. So going in this episode from the last one, um, Jack found water 
and his dad's empty coffin. And, and a haunted ca- cave. Yeah, and a cave. And finally basically emerged as a group's leader. The overall story is starting to move forward, uh, but these first handful of episodes kind of seem like they're definitely more focused on character development as opposed to like the island mystery stuff. Which is fine because we're only like five episodes in and the more we know about the characters emotionally, like the more we know about the characters, the more emotionally invested you'll end up getting when something happens to them. Anyway, according to the post credits teaser that we watched in the last episode, like the the next week on Lost Thing, this is going to be the most exciting episode yet. <laughs> yes, it is. With Jin trying to kill Michael, Kate finding a bunch of dead bodies, oh, yeah. and then Michael finally murdering Jin with an axe. I, I think we should. I think we should do a run through of it again. It was wanna, just so dramatic. You watch it again. Yeah, there was a lot of screaming. Okay, uh-huh. did we guess last week how many nicknames there was going to be? Yes. I think we did, and I, I have one okay. that I feel is debatable. So I couldn't tell if there were three or four. I think I got four. Okay. But we'll see. Because I marked them in the margins just in case, and I wrote them down. Yeah. Okay, so watch, uh, I think it's when I plug it back in. Yeah. can watch uh, this preview for, for this episode, the one from last week, which we'll play. He tried to kill Michael. The cops stay on until we know why. How'd you find this place? Where'd they come from? I know who you are, and I know what you're looking for. Just what is it that you did? You had your chance to know. Okay, how did you get to be this way? Oh my god. He's so dead. (laughs) Do you think if they played that music throughout the whole episode, it would be more exciting? (laughs) (laughs) There's a song that we've never... They've never done before. We never hear again. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the one for next week. Uh, that was for this week. Sorry for this week. I guess any thoughts going forward from to this into this episode from the last episode? I you guys? I feel like I didn't take as many notes. I, it, there wasn't me either. There wasn't a whole lot going on for me. There wasn't a whole lot to make fun of. I felt like this episode was just kind of informational at best. Okay. Because you, you're cold-hearted? <laughs> no, I just felt it was informational at best. Okay. Like, there wasn't a whole lot that really went on. Okay. There were, like, three basic plot lines for this whole thing, and maybe three and a half, and that was it. Like, there wasn't a whole lot going on. All right. Same. Vanessa? I liked it. Tegan watched it with me. <laughs> she like it? Yeah, she had one one comment again. <laughs> you gonna you going to tell us what it is when we get there? Yeah, unless you want me to tell you now. <laughs> no, 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 we can wait. Uh, okay, so uh, I guess get into it. Yeah. So we get a previously all lost, and then you see Charlie has drugs. The group that hiked up to the mountain decided not to tell anybody about the uh, like anybody else about the French lady, and then Jack finding water before lecturing the other survivors, and Michael interacting with Sun. So we begin once again with an eye opening. This time it belongs to Sun, who's uh, gardening as Jin is fishing in the ocean. She begins staring at uh, Jack and Kate like a creep while they flirt as she asks, uh, as Kate asks about his tattoos. Charlie interrupts them and tells them, let's go get some bloody water already, and mentions that Locke is getting restless. We go back to Sun, who's startled as Jin just smashes the hell, just smashing the hell out of a fish with part of a plane and begins to have a flashback. (laughs) I don't think you have to. I feel like she's looking at them. I don't think that's what you're supposed to do. Like, you she can. wants to be part of the group and wants to be friends with them. And then she just looks over at him like, ugh. 
like so disgusted. He's providing. Like she literally has this look on her face, like, Ugh, I'm stuck with that. <laughs> and Charlie's comment to them was great too. Yeah, it was. Where he's basically just says what we're all thinking, like, get a room. Get a room. Too. Yeah. Literally, like, yeah. It was, like, just the worst, ugh, like, their flirting just made me feel, like, ugh, cringy, <laughs> like, Twilight cringy. Yeah. So, we get a... <laughs> go back. Uh, we see Sun talking to some friends at a party as Jin, who's working as a server, approaches and offers her some champagne. She takes it and he moves on, but they just continue giving each other, like, that ooga, ooga, hubba, I her dress was really cute. It was. She looked really, really pretty. Uh-huh. She, she looked, and she looked very pretty. She did. She looked very pretty. Uh, so a little while later, Sun is sitting by herself, and Jin approaches her and is like, "Excuse me, Miss, you forgot something." Except this is all in Korean, you know. But uh, she's like, "Really? What did I forget?" And he's like, "To give me some sugar, baby." And then they start smooching. <laughs> <laughs> um. So she asks about her dad, and Jin is like, "I thought I was your daddy." And so oh, she man. tells him that they should run away to America. What? <laughs> this is basically how it went. He tells her that he loves her, uh, but her father wouldn't allow them to elope. She's like, well, it's not up to him. It's our decision. And then Jin tells her that he'll talk to her dad and make him understand that they're getting married. So she's like, but you're only saying that because you don't know my dad, which makes it sound like her dad's kind of a hard ass and seems like a complete turnaround from what she was just saying four seconds ago about like, well, the hell with my dad. But, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you always feel like that when it's your dad. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Jin's like, yo, girl, I got this. And then gives her a flower. Tells her he's sorry it's not a diamond. And she's like, oh, he's so sweet. And they start smooching again as I just kind of fought back tears for these two crazy kids. <laughs> They're blossoming romance, you know? Made me eye roll. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we go back to the island as Jin, the dreamboat, begins running towards Michael as Sun calls to him and asks him what's wrong. He then romantically tackles Michael and then passionately begins giving his face a bunch of love taps with his fist. Just gave poor Mercutio a bunch of flashbacks <laughs> getting stabbed right by the beach. <laughs> I was thinking he, she finally confessed that uh, he saw, saw her naked <laughs> and he's losing it. I mean, that would be a good reason for that completely. But he just didn't want to go very far. Like he waited until Michael got a little closer. He's like, eh, I don't want to get him over there. <laughs> Um, like, I hate getting beat up on a beach. So why is it always the beach? Walt's Walt's yelling, "I'm stop, stop!" But Jin just pushes Walt down and then continues to punch Michael in the face while trying to drown him. While Sun screams at him to stop, which I think she was screaming to stop. I don't speak Korean. But uh, then we get the last Okay, so we go back and Jin is still. Pummeling the hell out of Michael while Sun uh, is just yelling at him and Walt is pleading with him to stop. Suddenly, Sawyer and Saeed come running up and Saeed tackles them as Sawyer helps Michael up. That was such a good body slam. <laughs> with, like, uh, Saeed? Yeah. When he body slams Jin, I was like, oh, that was so good. <laughs> so they both restrain Jin, handcuff him to part of the wreckage, and then Saeed asks Sun what happened. Because I guess he didn't get like that last time he questioned them that they don't speak the same language. I don't know. Although it did work last time, so maybe he's like, eh, might as well try again. Yeah. I just thought it was cool Saeed and Sawyer were working together. Yeah. I, me too. He, like, tossed him the handcuffs and, like, they were a team. Yeah. Partners. Yeah. <laughs> Over in the jungle, we join Kate, Jack, Charlie, and Locke as they arrive at the Haunted Doll Cave where Jack Frown has found some fresh water in the, like, where he found the fresh water in the last episode. I noticed something that I've never noticed before during all this. 
Locke is at the end of the group and he's looking around, like kind of figuring out where their surroundings are and everything. Yeah. And he, he kind of sort of, when the camera pans across, they focus in on the the trees, the trees yeah. that they hid in in the first episode from the monster. So basically, they're, those caves are directed right across from where the monster was coming in like after them and attacking anyway. And yeah, I just it felt could have like been a different set of trees, but yeah. They look like the same exact trees. Okay. I don't know. He just kind of kept looking around in awe, but he didn't he more seemed really super impressed and not really surprised that this was like a thing. He just really was like this is impressive. Okay, but if those were the same trees, I mean maybe it was because they were all panicked last time, but if they were the same trees, why wouldn't have they seen the caves last time? True. I don't know. But True. I mean, they were about just to just get looking, eaten by an yeah. alien robot, so. It was raining pretty <laughs> hard, too. So maybe visibility problems? Mm. I don't know. So I'm probably sure you could find out if, uh, like, yeah. if, if you just looked, uh, like, went on the internet and, at, like, they, I'm sure they have everything mapped out. But yeah. anyway, so Charlie asks if someone should look through the uh, remaining wreckage. Both Locke and Jack agree. And no one mentions any haunted dolls, so we can just assume that they came to life and are now loose in the jungle. I liked how Charlie said to Locke, it's totally you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's the realtor selling him on these caves. <laughs> Charlie was all excited that they said, yeah, good idea. Look in, look in the wreckage. And he was just like, what? You guys are listening to me? I did something good? He was so proud of <laughs> <Yeah>. himself. <laughs> yeah. So Jack tells Jack also tells Charlie to keep an eye out for any medical sp- supplies he may find, and Charlie seems to kind of get a half a chub at the mention of the word drug, so he sneaks off to do his behind the tree. Suddenly, Locke, uh, su- suddenly he hears Locke tell him not to move, and as Jack and Kate walk up, Locke tells them that Charlie stepped on a beehive, and if he moves, he'll split the hive. Charlie starts freaking out a little bit and tells them that Hayes had a fear of bees ever since he witnessed them murder Macaulay Culkin and my girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay so anyway uh charlie tells him that he doesn't want to get my girl'd, but Locke tells him that he's never seen it and to please be quiet while they get something to steal the hive <laughs> back at the beach michael is telling saeed that he didn't do anything he was just walking back uh he was just walking the beach with walt and all of a sudden jim starts pounding on him saeed says that there must be something he's leaving out and michael just says i don't know how it is in iraq but in america korean people don't like black people Jin starts yelling something, and Michael says, "Talk to that dude because I didn't do anything." Do we and do we want to know what what they were yelling? What he was yelling in Korean? Sure. Okay. Too bad because all it says is something in Korean in the script. Oh. That's all it says in the script. It's like Jin says something in Korean. Okay. Like, so they said, "Just say, scream something. Nobody's gonna know what you said, anyways." Yeah. We also get the first um, nickname. What was the nickname? Omar. Oh, I didn't. Oh wait, I might have caught that. Oh, that's that's the first one. That's the one I missed. I didn't get that one, but I got the three other ones. Um, so Sun uh, Sun motions to her wrist, and Saeed tells her that the handcuffs stay on Jin. Hurley then says, "Quote that Chinese dude is gonna get pretty crisp out here." Even though I was fairly sure that everyone knew they're Korean, but whatever. Um, so he asks how long they're gonna keep him handcuffed to the wreckage, and Saeed says that he tried to kill Michael and that the cuffs stay on until they find out why. So everyone kind of starts to disperse as we focus in on Sun and then get another. So she flashes back to daytime at the house they were having the party at in the last flashback. Jin walks up to her and she asks what happened. 
he tells her that her father gave them permission to get married and she's like all super happy. Uh, she asks how he did how he did it and he says that he agreed to work for her dad. She freaks out a little bit and he tells her it's okay, it's only temporary. She looks all sad until he shows her the ring he got her um, and she's all like, but you can't afford this, you're poor as hell. And he's like, damn girl, not anymore. <laughs> and so like he, she puts on it on and they hug and look all happy and stuff. She really liked that ring. Like yeah. she, she stares it. at it. She never said yes. He never asked her. I think she, they. I think he already asked her though. She just puts it on and keeps staring at it. She hugs him and then she keeps staring at it. Like she's not into anything else in this scene but that ring. He went and asked her father for permission, and so it was already like established that that's what he was going to do. Your dad said yes. Yeah, we're getting married. Yeah. So. I know it's like a different culture, but is, do you think it's necessary to like ask the dad for permission? Um, I don't think it's necessary. I think it just depends on the people. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think people here still, some people still do that kind of stuff. Yeah, true. But whatever. I don't necessarily think you need to ask permission. I feel like out of a sort of... I mean, depending on, I guess, the generation factor, I mean, Will asked my dad for permission, but I feel like my dad was kind of like, why are you asking me? But at <laughs> the same time was kind of flattered mm-hmm. that he asked him. I don't know. Like, I think now, prob- if people here do it, that are, you know, raised here, just probably do it as like a... I'm going to be cool and I'm going to ask your dad for permission. They either already know the answer or they, you know. Um, So we get another as we go back to her standing next to Jen on the beach. From there, it's back to the jungle where Charlie is still in the beehive as Jack is about to try and cover it with a suitcase. They tell him not to move, but he does anyway and accidentally breaks the hive. They all start running in different directions as the bees chase them. Jack and Kate head towards the caves and begin taking their shirts off because bees are nudists and hate clothes. Uh, <laughs> Kate then comes across a super decomposed body slash skeleton and uh, Jack runs over to, to inspect it and Kate asks who he is and how he got there. Jack says, now how the hell would I know that? And then tells her that doesn't seem to be any major trauma. He notices another body and says that someone laid them to rest there. Uh, Kate asks where they came from and Jack is like, I don't know, man, where'd the polar bear come from? I'm just as confused as you are. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I thought that was a good comeback. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Uh, so she asks if he has any idea how long they've been there, and he tells her a long damn time. It takes like 40 to 50 years for clothes to grade like this. He then pulls out a pouch from one of the bodies, and inside are two stones, one black, one white. Uh, Locke and Charlie walk up to them, and Charlie makes an awkwardly creepy comment while handing Kate her shirt back. Then they both notice the bodies. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. I thought that was a great joke. I I laughed out loud. That's that's not a good joke. It actually it was probably a super degrading joke, but I laugh at everything. Uh, I thought I don't it was not necessarily degrading. It's just kind of creepy, but he basically hands her back her shirt and is like, "Oh yeah, hey, somebody dropped their shirt back there." And she was like, "There, there were bees in it." There's and he was like, "I, I would have guessed they were C's." And I was just like, "She's <laughs> gonna slap him." Great boob joke. <laughs> He's gonna get slapped. <laughs> so. uh... Locke asks, uh, who are these dudes? And Jack tells him that one of them is female. So Locke's all sweet. They're basically our Adam and Eve. Okay. I'm really getting a creepy, like, weird, like, those weird, like, pastor 
people that are like in the scary movies. I don't know scary movies, but like just like a creepy pastor vibe from him. From Locke? He's like, it's a miracle, Adam and Eve. Well, he, he can and, walk again, so, I mean, that's why he's like, this place is the best. Uh, he's, but he's still creepy. I mean, I, I still don't like him. He's just creepy. He's like, <laughs> All right. child predator. <laughs> he's weird. He's always talking to the kid. Yeah. Gotta talk to someone. The kid interacts. And there's like 40 other adults. Anyway, so... <laughs> Back at the beach, Sun is trying to put aloe on Jin's cuffed wrist, and Jin is like, ow, careful, it stings. Uh, so Sun just kind of stares at him, and as we get another flashback to her walking into a pretty sweet apartment where a big box with a bow has a puppy in it, like a sharp Sharpay, I think. Yeah. I think that's what it, that what it was, right? a cute puppy. But uh, Jin appears from the bedroom and tells her that he's been working so much that he thought she might need something to keep her company. The downy, soft, wrinkled puppy. <laughs> He makes a joke about training and feeding her, and she's all like, Yo, dog, remember when all you had to do is give me a, a flower? You sure we're poor, huh? Yeah. They both smile about it as her as his phone rings, and he tells her that it's his father, and he walks off, and we get another... He's just he's just not the man that she used to know. He's a new man now. Yeah. Different man. He seemed like... He still he still seems like a nice guy in that, in that uh, little flashback right there. He just seems, like, distracted. Stressed out. He's, distracted. he's buying her expensive things when all she wants is a flower. Yeah, he's like, well, you could have told me that before. Fuck. And then he, like, <laughs> throws the dog out the window. Jesus. Um, so anyway, we go back to the caves where they're just finishing packing up the water to take it back to the beach. Locke tells Jake, Jake. Locke tells Jack and Kate that he's going to uh, stay with Charlie to help him go through the wreckage. Jack tells that, uh, then tells Kate that hiking back and forth to get everyone water is going to be a pain in the ass and that they should just move to the caves and live there. Back on the beach, for some reason, Walt is playing in the sand right in front of Jin, and they're both kind of staring at each other. Michael walks over, tells Jin not to look at his kid. Uh, as Walt and Michael walk away, Walt asks him why he said that, quote, people don't like, uh, people like him don't like people like us. Michael's basically like, sorry, man, that's actually not true. I just said it because I was angry. Walt asks Michael what he did to Jin, and Michael gets all defensive and asks, like, what kind of person do you think I am? And then asks what Walt's mom's uh, said about him. Walt says that she never talked about him, and Michael kind of sadly says, then you don't know anything about me, do you? And Walt's like, you don't know jack about me either. And Michael's like, the hell I don't. And Walt's like, then when's my birthday? Michael tells him, and then uh, asks, when's mine? And then I think he realizes that he's arguing with a 10-year-old, and he kind of tells him, like, don't worry about it. Yeah. And, I like, ouch. well, first of all, you weren't around. Like, how is he supposed to know any of this stuff? You yeah. were like, yeah, not there. Like, give the kid I mean, a break. Granted, he left him with a mom that obviously didn't care about the dad, or he would have wanted him in his life. So, you really expect this lady yeah. to say anything yeah. about him? Like, yeah. it's his fault for yeah. not trying to be in his life. They, um, they had something in the uh, in the ma in the making of stuff where they were kind of worried about like the thing with a Korean guy attacking a black dude, and I was like. Which we didn't. I didn't even think about it until I read that. But like, and then him saying that in front of in front of Walt, where he's like confused about it, and I was like, uh, I don't know. That it was it was like I wasn't sure if that was like the right time to where you tell him like, well, you know, um, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> people are you know, like. But he's he just kind of moved on. He's like, oh, I'm not like that. Like I don't I don't like to think like that. Which yeah, yeah whatever. Um, but um, I, I don't know if it's like. You, what do you just kind of wait until? I don't have kids. That's why I'm kind of asking you. 
where you kind of wait until like something happens toward they're like this happened to me and i don't really know why or is it just like um i mean i feel like at some point you kind of have to have that kind of talk Yeah, I get it, him. but, like, do you wait till something happens to where you have to have the talk? Well, like, when Tyra was in second grade, she had somebody, a little kid, call her the N-word at school. Jesus. And this little girl was just a bully. Like, she stole stuff out of her backpack, and they actually ended up becoming friends later on. Um, I don't know, and I don't know that I've done a really good job about because my kids are so sheltered and they don't i I think in california i mean i know it's here but you don't get that a lot here but yeah there was a lot of things that we had to talk about the last few months but (laughs) i can imagine i don't know i don't you have to talk to them i don't know when the right time is i don't think i did a good enough job of it, but... So, basically, well, like, what you're saying is you kind of just wait until something happens to where then they come to you and say, this kind of happened, or, like... Uh, I don't think you should... I don't... I I don't think that you should wait. I think you should be... They should be made aware. Maybe not, like, full-on hardcore, but aware of how the world is because then you have something like what's happened in the past few months and you're trying to tell them we have to be careful or we shouldn't go to these places or this is why this is happening and they're really clueless about everything because they've never experienced that prejudice yeah and racism before so that makes sense it's tough it's tough it is tough so you basically have to have two talks you have to have a sex talk and then the other talk yeah, the sex talk didn't work too well. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> it's awkward. <laughs> so, uh, uh, back at the wreckage, Sun is telling Jin to let her go explain what happened. And maybe they'll let, they'll let him go. Jin's like, how are you going to do that? And then reminds her that a woman's place is by his side. Yeah. And that's not being a, me being a dick. That's what he actually tells her. Yeah. Uh, he then tells her that they don't need to explain themselves to a thiek. thiek. To a thief, as we flash back once again to their apartment in... in how do you say that? Seoul? 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 The Korean city? Seoul. Seoul? Is that what it is? Seoul? Yeah, Seoul. Yeah. Okay. And there's know. there's a little bit more of an accent on it, but it's basically just Seoul. Seoul. But... Okay. Um. So we go... Um. So Jin comes rushing into the apartment and runs straight into the bathroom. Sun comes... That's never a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking... I'm starting to think her dad isn't as good of a guy as, as uh, we thought he was. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, son comes over to check on him and tells him to talk to her. She notices he has blood all over his hands and shirt and asks if he's all right. The, the biggest... I, I didn't even have a problem with that. That was just like, whatever. Apparently, he's got him doing some bad stuff. The thing that bothered me the most about this scene was the hairdryer in the bathroom. Did you notice that? I don't use a hairdryer. It's no. on the wall. Like it's a, on like a, a hotel? wall, like a hotel bathroom. Maybe they were in a, hotel. in a hotel. Like filming in a hotel. I just, if that's supposed to be their apartment, though, I, I just, I've never attached my hair dryer to the wall. If rich, I live there, rich people stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's not a great hair dryer, though. Uh, so he, uh, she asks if he's all right. He doesn't answer and continues to wash his hand. Hands. So she then asks what happened and who, whose blood's all over him. 
He still doesn't answer, so she again asks what he was doing, and he tells her he was working. She's all like, seriously, dude, what do you do for my father? And he ignores her again, and she's all like, oh, hell no, answer me. And begins, like, tucking at his hands. He then pulls back, so she slaps the F out of him. I thought it was a little unnecessary. Yeah, he didn't really... He's do- no, he's I been didn't. away... He, he, you run into an apartment full of blood, and, like, you're ignoring me, and he's obviously doing something bad that she doesn't agree with. She didn't want him working for his dad in the first place, and now you're being a jerk about it. Can't, like, get him. Get slapped. Get him. So she slaps the F out of him. He gives her a look like he wants to slug her. And she's from a mafia family. She is? I mean, we assume. She's from a mafia family. So she's, you know... She can't. He can't touch her. Exactly. I was thinking he probably wants to hit her back, but he knows what's going to happen if she does. He definitely looked like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so he looks like he wants to slug her while telling her, I do whatever your father asks. And she's like, really? And he's like, yeah, well, you know what? It's what he tells her, okay? Wow. It's what he tells her. Brian Adams. I don't know. That's what he tells her. It is. Don't look ashamed. That's basic. He's like, yes, I do whatever your father tells tells me. I do it for us. And the same thing. So anyway, he continues to wash his hands as she leaves the bathroom. I was thinking all, all she wanted was a flower, not a murdering husband. All, she had to, all he had to do well, was give her a flower. Can, you take what you can get, you know? But she pushed it further than the flower and asked for a ring. And so now she's got to deal with the consequences. <laughs> sure. I guess so. She should have just stuck with the flower. Yeah. Uh, So uh, back on the island, Kate and Jack are walking through the jungle on their way back from the caves. Kate thinks Jack is checking her out. And and he's like, nah, girl, the only cave I want to enter are the ones we just left. (laughs) And then he tells her his plans for living in the caves. I mean, she definitely tried flirting with him and he was all business. He was like, I'm not checking you out. I was was thinking about what we were going to do with those caves. Can't wait to get me into those caves. He was he was really dis- she was really disappointed in his answer. <laughs> yeah, she was. <laughs> so uh Jack tells her that they're gonna have to convince the rest of the survivors to move there, and Kate's like, dude, you haven't even convinced me yet. Uh back at the caves, Charlie and Locke are going through stuff. Charlie begins to walk away and Locke starts following him. Charlie tells him he's just going to the loo, and Locke tells him that they shouldn't leave each other's side because it's dangerous, but Chuck's like, bugger off! So Locke tells him that he knows who he is and he has both his drive shaft, both drive shaft albums, but his self-titled debut was better. He then asks Charlie how long uh, since he's played his guitar and Char- Charlie tells him eight days, 11 hours. Locke Which tells him he was super flattered by Locke. Oh, yeah, definitely. For that sure. he knew who he was. Yeah. Because no one else has like really acknowledged it. Yeah. Besides Kate. This was like pump up Charlie episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Locke tells him that it might turn up in the wreckage his guitar and Charlie's kind of like, yeah, OK, dude. But Locke assures him that he will see it again. That guitar is definitely warped at this point. Yeah. It's been a week. Raining. Mm. Raining in the heat. You, you do what you can. What you, what, Whatever you can get. Uh, back at the beach, Saeed's cutting wood as Jack and Kate arrive. He tells them what happened with Michael and Jin and says that he thinks Sun knows why Jin attacked him and he's going to try, try to find some way to communicate with her. Jack is like, cool, you want me to do, you, you do what you got to do. I'm going to try and convince people to come back with me to the caves. They then sort of begin having, like, arguing about moving in the caves. Saeed's pretty much like, so, so much for live together, die alone, huh? And Jack, Jack's like, that's our best hope, yo. And Saeed's like, our best hope is staying on the, staying on the beach with the signal fire so we can be rescued. Living at the caves is dumb. 
And Jack's like, yeah, well, living at the beach without fresh water is dumb. And then Saeed's basically like, yeah, well, living with your face is dumb. And then he kind of takes off running. He says, I'm not going to admit defeat. Same thing. I I mean, I saw both their points. I just, at this point, it's been a week. Like, they can yeah. see the wreckage. Leave a leave a note at the wreckage that says, yeah. hey, we headed to the caves, man. That's what I said. Like, I just, yeah. They're, the people on the beach are dumb. Yes. I'm a, I'm a cave true. person. Yep. Back in the beach, Michael's wa- uh, watching Walt play with Vincent when Saeed approaches him to apologize because Michael was the victim of the attack. Michael is like, cool, but why'd you really come over here? So Saeed tells him that people are considering moving to the caves, and he's curious what Michael is going to do. Michael says he's staying on the beach in case rescue comes. Meanwhile, Jack tells Hurley that coming that thanks for coming to the caves, and Hurley asks what's up with him and Kate. Jack is like, what is this, high school? And Hurley's like, tell me more, tell me more. Did you get very far? <laughs> Jack kind of smiles at him, like gives him like a ugh, and then walks up. And then as he walks away, he begins to wonder what she's doing now. Jesus. Whatever. That was good. Anyway. <laughs> Might as well just giving her his class ring while he was there. Uh, over near the water, Sawyer walks up to Kate and asks her what it's like having both, quote, the doctor and Captain Falafel fighting over her. Before that, though, he says, well, if it isn't the bell of the ball. So is that number two? No. So that whole conversation that he had okay. with Kate, I think I counted three. Okay. I wasn't Discuss. sure if Bell of the Ball oh, Bell of was the ball. when he says, well, if it isn't the Bell of the Ball, is that is that considered? Wait, what, so he said the Bell of the What are the ones that he said right there? Bell of the Ball. He said Bell of the Ball, Captain Falafel. And? Captain Falafel and Freckles. That, that's three. I counted all three of those. Okay. So then with. With Omar, that's four total? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're at four total. I just wanted to make sure, because I felt Bell of the Ball was, like, iffy. And I knew Doctor didn't count, because, I mean, he's a doctor, so. But Captain Falafel, I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I I laugh out loud with that. Okay, so we're at four. Yeah. We're at four right now? Yeah, we have Omar, Ooh. Bell of the Ball, Captain Falafel, and Freckles. Okay. She so she ignores him after he asks her after when she says that when he says that, and he asks her whether she's moving to the caves or not. She asks him if he's going, and he says he doesn't know because if they move to the caves, they could miss rescue. But if they stay on the beach and get injured, the doctor won't be around to help. Which like yeah, like you said, like you guys were saying, I find it strange that some of them think that if the rescue does come, that they will just leave without the people who went to the caves. Yeah, yeah. This is the first time I noticed Sawyer's dimples. I was kind of like, oh. I didn't notice dimples. I like his smile. I'm gonna have to go back, back and watch that. He's got a he's he's got a cute smile. They act like if a rescue team shows up and the people at the on the beach are like, well, there's also people at the caves, but it's like a 45 minute walk, and the rescue team's like, eh, trying to catch a movie at eight. I don't know. Yeah. Sure, they'll be fine. They they want to live there. But uh, so over on the other side of the beach, Michael goes into the bamboo to get some more firewood and Sun follows him as she begins to flashback to the apartment once again, where Sun is speaking to an interior decorator while Jin is on the phone doing work stuff. Sun suggests checking out the bedroom and while they're in there, we find out that the lady isn't an, in, isn't an interior decorator at all, but helping Sun leave Jin. She asks Sun if she's taken her lessons. Sun says yes. She then tells Sun that Jin and her dad will do everything they can to find her and asks her if she's sure that she and Jin can't work it out. Sun says no, so the lady hands her a passport and tells her during her trip to make an excuse to walk out of the airport at 11.15. A car will be waiting, uh, and a car will be waiting for her. 
She then says that at first her family will think she's been kidnapped, so stay out of sight until they, uh, they think she's dead, and then she can go wherever she wants. She uh, then makes her keep repeating the time, 11.15, 11.15, 11.15. Yeah. She, I was thinking, she's she's done with the thug life, and she's happy she did not get that tattoo. <laughs> like, I am not about yeah. this thug life. I am ready to <laughs> bounce. She wants to get jumped out. I just feel like if she mm-hmm. went through all of that, she was 100% done. Like, yeah. Obviously, there's more behind the scenes we haven't seen. This has taken a huge toll on them. She's not, she doesn't even seem like she's in love with him anymore. She just hates being around him. She just needs to get out. She doesn't even care if her family thinks she's dead. So, like, at this point, like, this is almost like a, like an abusive relationship to her. To where she's like, I, I can't be with this person anymore. Mm-hmm. So, I just, I feel like. I feel for her. I feel like this is just not what she wanted at all. Not at all. So, back on the island, uh, Sun approaches Michael as he's chopping wood and says, I need to talk to you in perfect English. Michael looks all stunned and asks why she didn't say anything before. Uh, She says that Jin doesn't know that she can speak English and that he has a bad temper. She then says that Jin attacked him because the watch that Michael is wearing is her father's watch and Jin Jin protecting it was a question of honor. She then tells him she needs his help. So back over at the uh, by the caves, Charlie is trying to sneak away, but runs right into Locke, who's still following him. <laughs> he calls him you old geek. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Locke tells Locke tells Charlie to give him the drugs by telling him that he's going to run, well, that he's going to run out soon, and if he leaves, uh, and at least if he gives him up now, it'll be by his choice. I also saw his Lord of the Rings tattoo in this you, too. You saw it? I did. Yeah. Oh, it's just a little. I can't remember what it was. It's just. It's it's just like a little small. bit. Of, it's really small. A little bit of script. Like I think normally his shirt covers it because they really show the other one on what is that? His left arm, but this one's on his right arm and it's up a little higher and it's just like a tiny little bit of like. They're writing. I think it's. I don't remember. Probably an elvish. elvish. Yeah, it looks like it's. No, probably I elvish. didn't see that one. Uh, so Charlie's like, Charlie's like, you don't know me. You don't bloody know me. And Locke's like, I just want to help you, man. And uh, he asks Charlie if he wants his guitar more than his drugs. Charlie says yes. Locke gets all philosophical on him by telling him that the island will give it to him, but that he has to sacrifice the drugs in return. He hands uh, Locke the drugs, and Locke tells him to look up. He does. He sees the guitar on the hill behind him, and then looks like he's about to cry. He totally conned Charlie out of those drugs, and Charlie didn't yeah, even notice. That's... He was too happy to even care. Oh, I just thought that he maybe is. He knew where his guitar was the whole time. I just maybe thought that he looked like he was going to cry because he realized that if he would have noticed the guitar earlier, then he would have had both his guitar and the drugs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably. But uh, back in the beach, Kate is still sitting and staring at the ocean as Jack walks up, pouty as fuck, and tells her that it's almost time to head to the caves. Kate tells him that she's not going, and he's like, I swear they won't leave us if a rescue boat shows up. She tells him that that's not the reason, and he's like, ah, Jesus Christ, man, what'd you do? Uh, She's like, you had your chance, and he seems kind of annoyed at first and is about to tell her that she better shape up because she needs a man and don't wait for no rescue. (laughs) Yeah, but then he realizes that he's actually wrong, so he tells her that he better shape up and hopes that she understands that to gets, his heart, he must be true. She gets pouty again. There's nothing left for him to do. <laughs> my Caves are the one that he wants. Oh my god. <laughs> huh? 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 
Sorry, that's the last one. No, yeah, I doubt but it. That is, and that took me way too long to write. Oh, gosh. Uh, anyway, so uh, if she, he also says that if she, she needs him, she knows where he, where he is. Super pouty. Yeah. So uh, back at the wreckage, Jin is still cuffed up as Michael walks over with his axe, tells him that he knows he can't understand him, but he knows that he attacked him over the watch. He found it in the wreckage and figured, fuck it. I may be stuck on an island, but that doesn't mean I can't look nice. Not that a watch matters when you're stuck on a damn island. I, I mean, I thought he was going to say not that the price of the watch mattered, but then he was basically like, time doesn't matter. Like, And I was like, oh, that's uh, that's more philosophical than the, the price of the watch, I guess. That made more sense. I, I wasn't even thinking that. I was like, a $20,000 watch? Holy shit, dude. Uh, he drops the he drops the watch, lifts the axe in the air, and chops the handcuffs to free Jin, which, which made me feel like, lied to. Yeah. Oh, I just kind of was like, what a waste of handcuffs! Like, I'm know. pretty sure they had the key for them. No, no, they didn't have the key. Oh. Yeah. Uh, made me feel lied to after the last episode's preview for this week has basically promised us a scene from The Shining, and it didn't deliver. <laughs> but um, no, it says yeah. it, it said in uh, like part of the script that they didn't film was that 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 Sawyer didn't have a key for it. Oh. So Michael tells him to stay away from him and Walton walks away. He walks past Sun, who just looks sad as fuck as we go to a flashback to the airport where some asshole is yelling at the airline employee while Jin waits in line while Sun (laughs) stands a few yards away. Uh, She looks up at the clock, notices it's 11.15 and sees a car outside waiting. Um, So I'm just going to read from the script at this point. because She should have gotten the car. they They do a way better job of describing what happens than I could. Plus, it's less work for me. It was less work for me to do. So here, let me get to it. Jin shakes his head. This is from the script. Wondering, what the hell What the hell is this white guy yelling about? <laughs> then looks at his watch. But we're watching all this from the point of view of Sun as she looks back at the clock. 11.15, 11.15. Then, as the glass door out, then at the glass door out of the term, terminal, a car pulls up to the curb. Is this the one? Sun looks at her husband who doesn't notice. She looks up at the clock. 11.15. And the car is still waiting outside. Sun's deliverance... Uh, which is son's deliverance from a soul-destroying marriage. Escape, freedom, dead ahead, just walk out. Son shoots a final glance at Jin, only this time he makes eye contact and smiles. Son looks at Jin confused. He reaches into his jacket and pulls out a white orchid. And everything stops. This is a profound moment. A life-changing moment, because it, because in this sim- simple gesture, Son sees the man she loved, trapped somewhere in all the rage and anger, but still very much there. Her path is set. Too late to turn back now. So, as a single tear falls down her cheek, she turns, takes a step toward the ex- towards the exit, toward her freedom. And then she stops. The look on her face tells a story. She just can't do it. Man, this this is how I should be writing. <laughs> this is like a something that a... A professional scriptwriter? Oh, I was going to say a senior in high school. But uh, for son to escape from her husband her entire life without trying to somehow redeem the good man she married now feels like an awful thing to do. She turns back uh, to Jin and walk, walks, closing the distance between herself and her husband. As she walks, she drops... That didn't show that. Uh, anyway, she arrives at her husband's side. I think I got one back there. So she gets back to him and he asks, asks what's wrong. And she says that the flower is just too damn beautiful. Meanwhile, the white lady behind her standing in line is just staring at them with this look like, Are these fucking Chinese people crying over a fucking flower? <laughs> I, I put literally in my notes... She stayed for a damn flower? Like, and he's like, nobody, first of all, nobody cries that much over a freaking flower. He is not 
empathetic towards his wife at all. Look at this lady. Like. I send it to you. <laughs> she looks pissed. Yeah. She's like, ugh. It's a flower. She just wants to get on her flight. She's yeah. had to listen to. She's had been having to listen to Jack for who knows how long. True. Now this Karen. lady's crying over a damn flower. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna go back to the script because of how poorly it's worded. Right before, uh, it's like says something kind of insightful. Mm-hmm. So, um, Jin hands her the flower, gives her a peck in the cheek, and he asks if something's wrong. She's like, "No, it's beautiful." Jin shrugs. His wife is crying for no reason. Women. That's what the script says. Oh my god. <laughs> Jack finally moves off the ticket counter and Jin steps in. Sun cradles her orchid and it becomes clear that her decision to stand by Jin, her hope that someday she might be able to reconnect with the optimistic young romantic she married, is exactly what put her on the oceanic flight and landed her on the island. Yeah. She could be like living free, not yeah. on an island. Exactly. So we go back to the island. Uh, see Charlie at the cave playing his guitar as Jack returns with some... Like his fingers hurt. Of the survivors, including Jin, Sun, and Hurley. Hurley puts his headphone headphones on and begins listening to Are You Sure by Willie Nelson. And it's montage time. People are back on the beach around the signal fire, including Michael and Walt, who asks, uh, who asks Michael when his birthday is. Also, there are Sawyer, Saeed, Kate, uh, who look as if she's either about to cry, but might also possibly have just gotten some smoke in her eyes, maybe, from the fire. Howdy. And then you get a... Poof. You missed That's... the one of, of Jin and Sun. She pulls out that dress. Oh, that dress? She's trying it on. Yeah. And he's kind of got that... Yeah, he looks kind of like, ooh, sexy. And then he kind of also looks like, you're going to wear that in front of people? Yeah. Hell no. He had like two completely different emotions in one like yeah. three-second scene. Yeah. He was like, ooh, sexy. And then he was like, hell no, you're not wearing that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I guess I'll get the rest of the trivia out of the way before we discuss the episode. So this is the first episode not to feature every regular, uh, like, regular cast member. Yeah, where was Claire? There's, they didn't have Claire, yeah. Boone, Shannon. Oh, yeah. Not at all. Uh, but. It shows how much I care about Boone and Claire, or Boone and <laughs> Shannon, I didn't even think about them. This is the first episode, or sorry, the rocks used in the waterfall cave were made of rubber, so the sound of the actors and crew members walking over them are not picked up on camera. Uh, after being cast, Yu, Eugene Kim and Daniel Day Kim, who play Sun and uh, Jin, were nervous that their character's relationship would foster negative perceptions of Korean people. The former felt that it was an outdated depiction, that it was an outdated depiction which would influence a society little exposed to Korean culture, which is true. Like, well, if you watch Korean dramas, there's a lot of that in Korean dramas. <laughs> So the actors discussed with the series producers leading uh, to the writing, discussed this with the series producers leading to the writing of this episode and the multifaceted depiction of their relation relationship. Uh, Daniel Day Kim, this is a different little bit of trivia. Daniel Day Kim had moved from South Korea as a toddler and forgotten most of his Korean by the time he won the role of Jin. While Kim helped with the language, uh, son helped him with the language, his accent reportedly sounded poor to negative to native speakers so as far as this episode first off i'll admit i wasn't looking super forward to watching the episode again because of because their episodes were never really that interesting to me but i think having to watch each part enough to summarize like to do my little summary thing made me kind of appreciate like has made me appreciate each episode so far in different ways like for for every episode 
because I was actually enjoying. I actually kind of enjoyed this one. I did too. I I liked this episode. I would. I think this episode is higher on my list of like which episodes are best. Mm. I liked it. I'd still say this one was boring for me and would probably be lower on my list, but I do think it's important for later in the series. I I guess. I think it's important for this one, too, just because you see she learns. Okay, so from a story perspective, we're moving forward with people moving from the beach to the caves. Charlie taking his first uh, steps towards recovery, regardless if it's a choice like his choice or not. Michael connecting a little bit with Walt and learning that son speaks English. Mm -hmm. I mean that does change my opinion a little bit. I I feel like we really got a lot more insight and not just insight to throw in there because they needed to fill a storyline. Like I felt like it was yeah. good insight into the show and maybe important and finally gave us a way to communicate with this couple that didn't speak English. Yeah. And like it's it's not like unrealistic to where later on they're just going to be like, "Oh, well we learned English because if they didn't know English, how would they communicate for the rest of the show?" It would be awkward. Yeah. And now yeah. we can actually have like True. some way to like incorporate them more into the show. Yeah. Well, there wasn't so there wasn't really any uh island mystery stuff that happened at all except for maybe those Adam and Eve skeletons. But I think the episode kind of shows that not every episode needs that stuff in order for the show to be entertaining. Yeah. Um, I think that maybe the further you go into the show, the more frustrating it can be when they do a more character-driven episode, but it definitely works like this early into the show because like the further you get into it and they do one of these episodes and they don't like me- like uh, address any sort of like mystery that they might have introduced in the last episode, you're like, "Motherfucker, this didn't go anywhere." But like this early, it's not a big deal. Like I'm done with I'm done with learning about their past. I know I want to get onto like yeah whatever the alien robots are. Yeah, <laughs> and this was like definitely a more character focused episode for pretty much every storyline that they followed. Like Charlie giving giving up his drug for his guitar, which you know he has to eventually lead to some sort of detox, mm-hmm. um, or possibly like even a relapse once he realizes that he can't get high by snorting his guitar. Uh, Jack trying to talk to Kate, but her closing up for whatever reason. And he I can move. He doesn't have more drugs hidden in the guitar. <laughs> well, it got checked. I got to look through it. Yeah. Uh, but I even looked up at the like the script because sometimes it has what the characters are thinking or feeling at the moment, but basically just says that Jack doesn't understand. So I don't know. Like when he's trying to talk to Kate. Yeah, I think he asked her like at one point he said like why are you like this? And I was just like daddy issues. Yeah. I think she had daddy issues. <laughs> I basically was like, yo bro, you skipped a step. You didn't even give her your go and study ring yet and you asked her to move <laughs> <Yeah>. in. Lucky <laughs> move, bro. And then uh Jin and Sun are both in a difficult situation. Jin obviously used to be different. Like, he used to be a cool dude, but it seems like doing whatever he does for her father kind of started to change him a bit, which I definitely get because I've had a job that you just kind of absolutely hate, and after a while it does start affecting you. When you start killing people all the time, it, you know, gets exactly. to you. Or, or wanting I to. I mean, wanting to, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, and it seems like whatever he's doing, he's trying to hide from son either to protect her or because he's ashamed of it, and his, like, I'm doing this for us, that he tells her. Um, when he's all bloody kind of makes me curious if having the job has maybe made him like resent her a little bit i feel like yes just because like i don't know i feel like saying doing this for us is his nice way of putting you made me like this yeah (laughs) like 
Even though she didn't ask for it. Yeah, yeah. Def- well, it definitely sucks on her side, too, though, because you marry this dude and he slowly starts becoming just, like, an angry and miserable all yeah. the time when he used to be, like, a super, like, nice romantic guy. Um, and like I said before, which I think I said last time we watched this, was, but was how, how dumb is love that her, him giving her a flower and showing a spark of the person that he used to be is enough for her to be like, hmm, well, I guess this all is that bad. <laughs> Women. That, that makes me so mad. I mean, I can't really say anything because I've definitely been there before, but now as an adult, like that, I feel like that would be my last straw. Like if I saw that flower now as the person i am now i'd be like oh hell no and yeah that would push me further out the door instead of bringing her back in like but old erica probably definitely would have been like oh flower that's so sweet (laughs) okay i'm gonna try this it's a little red because i have some white in there it's like milk tastes like it's fermented so it's kind of like a soda oh so that's good um i also sort of realized that I can't really uh, can't really complain too much about how much is not happening yet because we're only a week into them being on the island, like I said true, before. True. Um. Anyway, uh, you guys ready for the preview for next week? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sure there's no possible way that it'll be as misleading as the last one, right? Oh no, not at all. This still? one is the ma. Bless me, Father, and pray of sin. Saeed has a plan. To find the source of the distress code. Hey. What do you want, Sawyer? Easy. I don't trust him. Who does? I want my drugs back. Ask me again <laughs> and it's yours. Give me my bloody drugs. You're not yourself, right? You don't know me! Charlie goes psycho in this episode. Does anyone know if he's alive? Is he alive? Is he alive? Lost. Wednesday, eight, seven, seven. I feel like this one isn't that misleading. Charlie does, I mean, I don't know. I don't remember, but he looks pretty intense. Charlie's not really that intense yeah, at all. No. Yeah. But he's like, give me my drugs. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Now. I just didn't feel like there was any over dramatization. Like, no, it's everything... just the whole thing with, with I want my bloody drugs. And he's like, ask, him for, ask me again, I'll give them to you. Give me my bloody drugs, like right away. <laughs> All right, man, they're yours. That's what <laughs> yeah. they should put next. <laughs> okay, so on to the good stuff. I guess first off, the nicknames, it was four, right? Four, yeah. Okay, so Vanessa guessed four, Erica guessed mm-hmm. five, and I guessed three. Yay! So Vanessa won. Yeah, so Vanessa Yay! won. Finally. Okay, so who won to speak? I'm just going to text it. I think it's like two to one now, and then zero. Yeah, zero. I'm apparently definitely buying somebody something. Um, The next one's about... Charlie, I'm gonna go with three, and then it's and then it's uh, Erica's turn. Wait, Vanessa, no, it's it's your turn, Vanessa, to guess. Two. Okay, then I'm gonna go with four. Next, because three. Sawyer is still stuck and on the beach three. with Saeed and <laughs> Vanessa said two. Kate, yes, Purples. yeah, I said two. So those are his two favorite people and to give nicknames four. to. So I'm I'm gonna stick with four. Okay. Um, okay, before we wrap up, I need to throw this in this episode on the master list. Right now, we don't have the first three spots. And then we have for, beyond that, we had White Rabbit at four and then Tab- Tab- Tabula Rasa at, at five. So where would you Which is put now this? six. <laughs> Was that? Yeah, which is now six. Okay, I, so what would yeah. you say 
like as far as order wise for the last I guess three since we're not deciding I initially on initially had this one at the bottom, but I think I would rate this one more in the middle now. So like above or below White Rabbit? Like at four or five. I would say a four. I'd say three for me. Three? I would say a four yeah. for me. I would say four too. So this one's not gonna get decided now. How come three? I just liked it. Maybe because I'm so used to watching Korean dramas. <laughs> And it felt like, ooh, I need to know more about her dad and the family. He's going to, like, stop them from getting married. And he's going to pay him off to, like, get him to go away from his daughter. Because that always happens. But it's usually somebody paying off a girl. Well, it's not it's not unanimous. So it just gets put down and undecided. Unless someone decides to change your mind. I mean, I, I'll put it at four. I'm fine with it being at four. Four for now? Yeah. I I just think it's up there and I definitely think it's important. I just don't see it being more important than Walkabout or Pilot 1 and 2. That's why it's at 4 for me. Okay, so I guess that's all. That's good? Okay, well, uh... Okay, good. 